5: Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast.
4: Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for After Action Report number 11. An After Action Report is the audio from interviews that I do on my video show called Cocktails in the War Room which streams live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on the official Mistress Carrie Facebook page. You can check out all of the episodes of Cocktails in the War Room on my YouTube channel, on Facebook, or you can go straight to MistressCarrie.com. Now, last night, April 5th, 2022, I talked to the band Lydia's Castle live from their hometown of Nashville. After reacquainting with their drummer, John Wisaki in Nashville last year, John, of course, the original drummer from the band Stained, and we go back a long way. We bumped into each other at a rock podcast convention in Nashville, and he told me all about this new band that he's in called Lydia's Castle. So I decided to invite him to come on cocktails in the war room so we could talk about the rock scene in Nashville to talk to their lead singer Tanya about the resurgence of women in rock. What it's like to try and break through as a rock band in a town known for its country music and so much more. After action reports are just one of the many things that you can hear if you subscribe and follow the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. This week's episode, episode 96, features Jeff Keith from Tesla. You also get the situation reports. The sit reps come out every Monday through Friday, and they run down all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. So if you like what you hear, make sure you follow and like the Mistress Carrie podcast. Get all the details at MistressCarrie.com. So allow me to introduce you to Lydia's Castle from Cocktails in the War Room, episode 178, from April 5th, 2022.
0: What's up, guys? Hey! Hey. How you doing?
4: (laughs) I want to welcome Lydia's Castle to Cocktails in the War Room. You guys are down in Nashville right now, but the magic of the Interwebs. Welcome to the War Room. Yeah,
0: thank, thank you. Thank you for us. Thanks us. for having
3: us. It's cozy
6: in
0: here.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have cocktails? I told you that the, the, we drink in here. Do you guys have cocktails?
6: Have a cocktail. Oh, tiny does. There oh, uh, you uh,
0: go.
4: That a girl. Cheers to you.
2: Cheers. Gross. Now <laughs> It's not a cocktail, but it's a seltzer. That'll you
4: know? do. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the rules here in the war room are, depending on the glass I'm using, you can always tell what my drink is. And I got a fresh delivery from my friend Fernandez of some of his fantastic sangria yesterday. Um, so we're getting full Fernandez tonight. So cheers to everybody. Cheers. cheers.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> Is that does look good.
4: Michael cool. wants to know if that's an MTV hat. Yes, I believe it is. He said that's very old school and cool. Very <laughs> yeah, nice. Very
0: right old yeah. days.
4: Yeah. Uh, Mark says, wow, the lead singer is a smoke. So, Tanya? I'm, I'm just warning you that the guys in the war are perverted. So, there you go. Um, Red Solo Cup Christina says, absolute classic. So, there you go uh walter get the drink says will tracy says hello um jonathan says i need a drink well you know the rules you're supposed to have one already and tracy wants to know if it's special sangria it's not moonshine sangria although i probably should have done that for you guys because there's a lot of moonshine down your way
6: uh and jack daniels yeah yeah
4: yeah I, i have a no brown liquor rule that i try to follow
6: yeah, I have no. a no liquor.
4: <laughs> there's, there's only a couple times a year I break that, and it's usually to toast a dime bag, and then I'm done for the rest of the year. There's no brown liquor allowed. Got
6: to do the black tooth. Uh,
4: exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so I want to let everybody know kind of how I got to know you guys because it's it's a crazy story and super random. So back in the day, Obviously, WAF, the old radio station that I was on, there were a lot of signature artists that were on that station. Bands like Godsmack, bands like Stained. And last year, I went down to Nashville for this rock podcast convention. And it was all music podcasts and there's all these people roaming around. And I turn around and I see my old friend John Wysocki, who was the drummer in Stained for a very long time, And I haven't seen you in years. And I didn't know you were going to be there and you didn't know I was going to be there. And I turn around and I was like, what the fuck are you doing here?
6: (laughs) Yeah, it was so nice to see you.
4: And one of the things that comes up on the Mistress Carrie podcast a lot, especially recently, and everybody here in the war room will attest to it, is the amount of rock music that is getting made in Nashville, which is something I coming from the Northeast had just always assumed Nashville was just a country town and really didn't understand how much rock music was getting down there. John, how long did we talk at the convention? Like two hours? We were just standing there.
6: Yeah. yeah, Cody was with me. So it was, it was a while. We missed out on uh, all the stuff that we had to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to we talk were, to you we
3: weren't originally going to come around your area but john and i were like well we're about to leave let's just do one final walkthrough yeah there you were i'm yeah. really
4: sorry for all the old stories you got subjected to cody because there's a lot of old stories
3: yeah no i love hearing oh them. yeah old
4: so, stories. Are- so john i hadn't seen you and it's got to be what 10 years and i didn't know that you ended up in nashville how the hell did you end up there
6: well, after I left Stained, I, uh, I wanted to keep pursuing music. And so I went out to L.A. for a little while. And there was nothing really doing out there as far as, you know, uh, music, like band-wise. I just wanted to be in a band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was really hard to find. There was studio uh, spots, you know, studio drummers, looking for studio drummers, so on and so forth. Uh, but I, w- my, I like being in a band. Myself. Um, so anyway, I so the LA thing didn't work out, and I had a friend of mine call me. And uh, Dan Tracy, I don't know if you know who he is, but anyway, uh, he ended up calling me and telling me about Nashville, and I'm like, "All right, I'll get on a plane." And came to Nashville and went back to LA, got all my stuff out of there, and <laughs> flew back to Massachusetts for a minute because I had to get stuff there. And came to Nashville, and I haven't left since. I've been here uh, nine years, nine and a half years.
4: Are all of you guys from Nashville, or did it just draw you in because it's such a music town?
2: No one's from Nashville. I'm I'm actually from Clarksville. You know, I I grew up in a military family as well. So my dad retired in 2012. He spent most of his career at Fort Campbell. So I ended up, you know, graduating high school in 2012. Went to college there at Austin P. and uh, yeah. eventually joined a band out in Hendersonville, and that led me to just kind of staying in the Nashville area around like 2016. So I'm close enough from being from is, there. Is, yeah. the,
4: is that the famous Clarksville from the Monkey song? Please tell me it it's is. the same <laughs> one.
2: Yeah, dude. I've never ridden that train myself, but Clarksville <laughs> is actually
6: only about 40 minutes, 45 yeah, minutes from, from Nashville. It's not far at all. No.
4: What about you guys?
0: I'm originally from uh, North Carolina.
3: Yeah, but I'm North? from, from St. Louis.
0: Yeah. So you Arizona. guys are kind
4: of all, like, you're from all over the place, but Nashville drew you in.
2: Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is America right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So,
6: yeah, we all kind of came together in that way. Um, we met, uh, I met Cody and Tanya through uh, a mutual friend, and he ended up, didn't end up working out in the band. And uh so that's when Corey took over on bass. And um so uh yeah, here we are. We started writing music and we're at this point right now. Here we are, yeah. here we are talking to you. Yeah.
4: It comes up a lot in the interviews that I've been doing, especially recently, and having been in the rock world for as long as I have, it is unbelievable to me how many women are represented in rock and roll now? Because I remember in the early stages of my career that if there was a band that had a woman in it or women in it, that just like the DJs, if you had one that was a woman, it was like, okay, we got one. That's all we need. And what I'm noticing now is that it's not even a novelty anymore, that it really doesn't even get brought up like that you're just a rock band and the fact that a member of the band is female, Tanya, tell me what your experience is because you're the front woman of the band, but I would assume that you've noticed that it becomes less and less of a novelty and more just commonplace. Right?
0: Yeah. I just, uh, I kind of feel like this is just the air of women in every single which way, you know, um, and everything in today's society, it's, uh, you know, you start to see women really kind of coming to the front and, um, I am just excited to be a part of it and to kind of be a part of that movement. But when you mentioned rock band and then, um, you know, normally people do think, Oh, it's, it's a guy, you know, it's a guy, a guy's world, but you know, there's just so many uh, women today that are just kind of paving that way. And, um, I'm just excited to kind of break that glass ceiling too.
4: It's, it's one of those things that, you know, once, once younger girls have examples and are shown that, oh no, it's, it's totally possible. I mean, I, how many artists do I know that have kids that they're just teaching them to play instruments and whether or not they're a little boy or a little girl, like it's inconsequential. They just want to play music with their kids. So you see girls like Nandi Bushell that are taking over the internet and like challenging Dave Grohl to drum battles all the way from England. And it's like, there's not only is, are there just more women, but there's so much good music being made by, by artists and bands that have women in them that it, it takes the pressure off because for a while it was like, Oh, well, if you're going to be the one band that has a woman in it, you better be good because you're going to ruin it for everybody else.
0: Right. It's kind of true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's uh it's cool that, you know, we do have a lot of really great examples to kind of just show other women that, you know, you can be married and be a front woman of a band or in a band in general, or you can balance work-life balance with kids, you know, and there's a lot of women like, you know, Amy Lee, who's doing that. You know, there's just, um, it's just more prominent today. It's, it's really cool to see that.
4: When you were growing up, who were the artists that you looked at and you were like, Oh, yeah, because I remember there were two women when I was a little girl that I wanted to be. I'm dating myself, by the way. I wanted to be Sandy at the end of Grease, not innocent (laughs) Sandy. I wanted to be smoking cigarettes whore Sandy at the end. And, (laughs) And I wanted to be Stevie Nicks because I just thought she was so fucking cool, even though I had no aspirations of being a musician myself. So for all of you guys, not just Tanya, but who are the musicians that growing up you were like okay, that's, that's why I want to grow up and be a musician.
6: Oh man. Uh, man,
3: first off for me, it was Randy Rhodes. Uh, that yeah. was, that was the guy. I mean, cause he had the long blonde hair, wore the cool outfits, had the white Les Paul or cream colored Les Paul and, uh, just, just knew how to look good, how to play good, <laughs> how to write good. I just mean, like you. and he was <laughs> a constant learner too, because, uh I read somewhere that he w- even wanted, even wanted to go back to college to like study classical guitar. So he was all constantly wanting to get better and learn, and so that's that's the guy for me. Of course, I love guys like Dimebag, of course, and uh, you know Hendrix and Clapton, all of those guys. Van Halen. Van Halen, yeah. of, course. <laughs> of course. Can't leave out, yeah. No way. Uh, but yeah, I would say Randy Rhodes is kind of what started it for
2: me. oh, well, yeah. Corey? Oh, well, so I discovered Def Leppard at the age of three going through my mom's VHS cabinet. She had like yes. all the old Def Leppard concert tapes. So yes. that was, you know, my number two favorite band now next to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So Flea, of course, Rick Savage from Def Leppard. Uh, and, you yeah, know, yeah. So got into music at an early age. Mom was always blaring Def Leppard, Shania Twain. Backstreet Boys. I was just always getting so much music shoved into my ears. I was going to
4: say, you got it. You got all the genres.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Once I realized what being a rock star was, watching those early videotapes, seeing all these people being moved by this, you know, wall of sound coming from these people with guitars, I'm like, uh, me. I want to do that. So, you know, eventually, you know, I got my first guitar at age eight, you know, couldn't really go anywhere with that. Then it was drums. And then, you know, that was my my brother had been playing guitar. I let his drummer borrow pieces of my drum kit, which later I never got back. So, yeah, <laughs> right. That's Pretty an music- important
4: life lesson. You never loan out gear ever.
2: <laughs> right. So like when I when I got that drum kit, my dad was actually on deployment. So, you know, he was making making that hazard pay. So, you know, my my brother gets this little Squire P bass for my birthday. And, you know, he never did much with it. And I eventually asked him if I could fiddle around with it when I was like 11. And then, you know, you know, bass is easy. Anyone can do it. (laughs) I don't know about all that. I don't
4: don't know about that.
2: I'm not a good bass (laughs) player. I'm just talking smack on myself. But, yeah, so, yeah, age 11, I just, you know, got traction on the bass guitar and fell in love with it. So guys like Flea. Getty Lee, um, Ryan Martini from Mudvayne, Stanley Clark, Victor Wooten, Marcus Miller. And I was really into a lot, a lot of those funk fusion guys. Um, uh, Chris Squire from Yes, when I really started, you know, doing more pick stuff. And yeah, just, just I, I could go on and on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Those are the big guys for me.
0: But primarily Backstreet Boys. Yeah, <laughs> of course, obviously.
2: Lance
0: Bass. AJ. <laughs> AJ's what,
6: what about you, John? Lance Bass. Me? Well, what really at first was probably Peter Chris from Kiss. That's cool. Uh, is what made me like, wow, that's so cool. You know, that kind of thing. And then on came like, you know, Bonham after that, John Bonham and uh, Van Halen uh, all the way growing up through the 80s. Carrie, you know, the deal.
4: Yeah. Tommy Lee's with the roller coaster, with the drum set.
0: So cool.
6: (laughs)
4: Right.
6: Yeah. So cool. No. (laughs) He's too fucking old.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what, what about you, Tanya? Like what, who was the singer? Who was Um, it for you?
0: I would say there was probably like three, um, I being from North Carolina, I really loved Martina McBride, uh just country. Um always had just a really great appreciation for like her vocals and range. And then when I started getting into rock and roll, it was more of like Amy Lee from Evanescence. Um really appreciated like her style and range but the real pivoting point for me in rock and roll was back in 2013 and i remember hearing like hailstorm's very first was coming (laughs) their very first record and at the time i was doing country music and uh but when i heard that i said man i want to do what like other women aren't doing And it was just a really great challenge. And uh, ever since hearing that very first record, that's kind of when I started going into rock. And I really didn't look back since then.
4: It it really is amazing. Like I talked to Amy Lee and Lizzie Hale about it when they went on that co-headlining tour last year. And one of the reasons why they insisted on all of the the artists that were on that tour to be women was that they were like, we finally made it where we can put a tour together where they're all women. And the hope is not only are we going to take out younger bands that we can help lift them up a little bit, but we're hoping all the little girls in the audience can go to the show and see an example and know that this is completely attainable. And To go into a tour like that, especially those two singers that you've already talked about and how influential they already are, obviously their goal of what they were trying to do is working.
0: Absolutely. You
6: know, and Lizzie and and Amy, I know both of them and uh, they're both didn't have any attitude about it or it was just like they wanted to, you know, put on a good show, have a good show. It didn't matter that they were both lead female singers. yeah. Both great at what they do. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um, no, it's, it's just, it's amazing to, because like that was a pivotal moment for me, like listening to that album. And, you know, you think of like that five-year-old girl that is going to her very first concert and to like see just females on stage, like that really is like a real thing. Like that is pivotal and um, life-changing for some people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When you
4: guys... Are writing rock music in Nashville you're even though it's a it's a songwriter's town and it's a music town, rock is still not the bread and butter of that town. and as I was driving around Nashville, the whole city is built on music. It was unbelievable. It's one of the things I loved about it the most was that. You know, every building had a story, you know, the studios, the old venues, there's just places for musicians to go and find a place to play. But what is the rock scene in Nashville like for a band like you guys that's coming up that is trying to find your lane and break out of a town that most people associate with country music, not hard rock music?
3: Yep. Oh. Well, I'll say this: rock and roll is definitely alive in Nashville. Um, yeah. Uh, even all yeah. the players that you see on Broadway playing all the country hits, they're they're, they're going home and playing rock and roll. Yeah. 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 They're they're all rock players. Yeah.
2: Most majority of them. Even now on Lower Broadway, you're like, especially in the late night shifts, you're getting a lot more guys playing like two thousands emo alternative. Like you're hearing My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy. Fallout. Um, yeah. Like The um, Rock Africa is The Metallica, Rock is taking Metallica. You know, hear Taking there. back sunday you know i mean i I myself playing like a (laughs) pop punk cover band from time to time so yeah there's we're slowly starting to interject that music into like that you know our generation's kind of taking over the nightlife a little bit i will
3: say the rock scene down here definitely caters to more the classic rock side uh that i've noticed there's definitely some really good uh some bands that kind of model off band other bands like Soundgarden Alice and chains that type of thing uh, but definitely they, they try to do the bell bottom, you know, uh, yeah. deal with the silk shirt, yeah. which, which is good too. There's it's a lot of cool. great bands like that, but we got yeah, bands like, uh, true villains. Uh, there's some of our, our good buddies down here. And
4: yeah. uh, that's
3: a, that's an example of the good rock and roll you can find here. Yep. And oh, yeah. It's yeah. amazing
4: how many people have stolen Steven Tyler's look over the years and they'll never be as cool as he is. Never. never.
0: No. <laughs> Only one Steven Tyler. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. With with hard rock, I'm I, like I hear it all the time in the interviews that I do because there's so many studios and producers that are centered in Nashville now, and so artists, you know, from LA, from all of these other places, are choosing to go there and record. So, when you're a local band trying to break in Nashville. You're all of a sudden getting put in front of all of these other people, even at those local clubs, you're getting exposed to people that just are in town for whatever reason, business people, just music fans, whatever. Um, Can you guys talk about what, what that rock scene is like? Because we've talked about it so much here in the war room about the camaraderie of the rock community the the misfit toys that we all are the the accepting bunch of weirdos that we all are <laughs> but when you've got so many people coming from all over the place in Nashville talk to me about the close-knit rock community because it is a little bit underground there still and well we're all, we're all weirdos at the at the end of the day
6: oh, we're absolutely weirdos like you it's said some big but,
0: weird fest <laughs>
6: but no i think it's a pretty tight-knit community as far as like all the rock bands uh, that we've uh been fortunate enough to play with and uh or, or we've gone to see or whatever the case might be but um i, I think everyone's pretty uh pretty supportive of each other which mm-hmm. is great um you know obviously when you get on stage there might be a little bit of uh um you know a little <laughs> bit of a battle on stage but everyone wants to be the best you know
4: well that's the whole point is you know you're, tr- you're- even, even arena bands try to outdo each other. It's like, well,
6: yeah. uh, yeah. And you get the best of friends in the world. And, uh, you know, but when you get up on stage, you're there to perform your music and you do it damn damn good or you don't do it at all.
0: I will add on to this too, Carrie is like one of the things that I've seen here in Nashville and, uh, you know, I lived in St. Louis for a minute where I got to see, um, you know, music community as well. But one of the things that I've noticed here in Nashville is that, you know, you don't just have people going to shows that are just inside your clique. You have people who are going to shows who support various genres of music, bands that they don't normally hang out with. Um, And it's a very regular thing, you know, so um the support here in Nashville I've noticed is people really love music and people are, they understand what you're going through and how hard you're grinding because we're all doing it, but they get out in the trenches and they're standing at the front row and they're cheering for you. Um, And I just think that's really cool. Just the, the actual support that you find here is uh, something that I've never seen in any music scene.
4: Yeah. That's very cool. And, and one of the things that I love about, the War Room community and the people that listen to the Mistress Carrie podcast is that, you know, not only do they want to be kept in touch with all of the artists that they already love, but this community of people and and john can tell you like rock fran- fans from the northeast like we're passionate about it and we're always looking for a new band that we can attach ourselves to and we're always looking you know because we want to be in first right that we want to know the band we want to have gotten into the band before anybody else knows so that we can be like nah, now, nah, we we were fans first right um That's
6: totally
4: right which is one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on the show and you guys have new music coming out so can you talk about that
0: Sure. So, uh, sure. we just released two singles already. Um, our debut single was called Phoenix. We released that in February. And then our uh, second single released in March was called falling into place. Um, we have a third single we're releasing before our EP and it's called search for you. And, uh, that song is coming out on Friday, April 8th. So what is that like this, this Friday? Friday's. This Friday's. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yes, almost
4: about- like I planned it that way when I had you come on this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah, no, we're excited to release it. Um, it's a song that you know is is uh definitely really close to our hearts. Um, all the songs we've released have kind of showed a different side of us. Um, so we're just excited to you know just we're just pumping out music. We're doing what we love, and we just hope that people. Love it as much as we do.
4: (laughs) A lot of people are chiming in on the comments and I'm going to ask the question because too many people have asked me to ask the question, but they want to know the story behind the band name. So you got to tell me the story.
0: Sure. So uh, the band name is uh, really close to our hearts. Um, Cody and I, uh, we unfortunately lost our... We're married. Yeah, we're married. Oh, I had no idea. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. so rock couple, pound it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man, we've been together since we were like 18. But, um, a couple of years ago, about a week before our due date, uh, we unfortunately lost our daughter and in the midst of going through this tragic time of trying to figure out who we wanted to be as people again, um, we really kind of did a self-evaluation and through building our lives and our purpose again, uh, we built Lydia's castle and Lydia was our daughter's name. That is
4: really cool. I'm glad that everybody in the comments asked me to ask you that question because sometimes there isn't a good story behind a band name. It's like, well, we just got drunk one night and we just decided <laughs> to name the band that.
0: Like corn but-
6: Stain. Yeah. Corn
0: Stain.
6: corn too, same with them.
4: But the fact that it is such a personal story Um, And that you're willing to talk about it, I think is super inspirational. And again, is something that the rock community, I think more than anybody always finds a way to share their pain because the rock community is kind of built on recovering from that pain. And so it's definitely what the war room is kind of built on is that, you know, we all come here, we talk about whatever's going on, whether it be happy stuff or sad stuff, we've written out a pandemic together and all of the craziness that's surrounded that and being able to channel that and find support in your community is a huge thing. And so for you to be able to build a band around something that is so tragic and to be able to find light from it and to carry on her legacy through it, that's pretty badass.
0: Thank you. And I Um, think, Carrie, it goes back to what you were talking about a few minutes ago is like being a front woman and inspiring women, but also sharing the story is to also, you know, inspire other women to know that they're not alone. You know, there's a lot of times where men and women feel like when they're going through a miscarriage or a stillbirth or the loss of somebody, you feel very isolated and alone. So we hope by sharing our story, not only does it show that there is a light at the end of tragedy, But we just hope that nobody feels like they're going through it by themselves.
4: I went through it, too. And it was something where, you know, tried really hard for a long time to have a baby and then got pregnant and lost the baby and felt completely alone and had no idea how common it was and okay. didn't didn't realize that people were willing to talk about it and once right. i actually started talking about it i couldn't believe a how common it was and b how people forced themselves to to into not sharing it because of whatever right. it was embarrassment shame blame like what whatever right. it was and so the fact that this is such a common thing that no one talks about
0: right it's mind blowing. It's like the, it's kind of like back in like the day with like the opiate crisis, you know, if like you had an addiction problem, you were like shunned from your family. And the more that people talked about it, the more when it was brought up, people knew how to support one another, you know? So I think it's important to share those stories. Um, and for people, like I said, like you to, to know that you're not alone in that, you know?
4: Well, I think the same thing happened in the military community too, when it comes to post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury, that it was something that so many people suffered in silence for so long. And it wasn't until those brave people started talking about it that everyone went, Oh wait, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
4: Exactly. And while all genres of music have their place and they all like to think that their fans are the best. And, you know, I, I always go back to rock music because at the end of the day when you go to the shows i feel like the diversity at a rock show is something that every other genre of music wishes that they had that it really is this accepting cross section of people that outside of the venue you can argue all you want but inside that venue you're all you all know that you're there for the same reason for the cathartic release because the music speaks to you and you know that the person next to you, um, I I went and saw an artist um, from Nashville, ironically on Friday night, this guy named jelly roll. And it's one of the most diverse audiences I've ever seen. Cause he, he's got country roots. He's got serious hip hop roots, but he's got these rock roots too. And I'm looking at like these hip hop fans and these hardcore bikers, and dudes in cowboy boots, and everybody was inside that venue. And I turn around and they're all throwing the devil horns, and I was like, this is the craziest rock show I've ever seen, this is out of control.
6: (laughs) cool, (laughs) music (laughs) brings people together. Yeah, Yeah. And I think, especially (laughs)
4: with the way that we were all separated because of COVID for so long. Yeah. We, we didn't get to go to that place that we all yearn to go to, which is those live shows to see the bands that we love because that's where we feel like we belong.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys ever do those live stream concerts?
4: No. No. Uh, that was,
2: I, I didn't, uh, I did, not, I didn't it's, want.
4: It's
6: not
2: the same. It's hey, not. let's
4: not pick on streaming shows. You're on one right now, dude.
2: No, 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 no. no, no, no. I, I'm oh, not. You know? No, I know what you're
4: talking about. any connection to to live music though we were willing to take it as music fans i didn't care if the band was sitting there in their kitchen playing acoustic like i just wanted live music however i was going to get it nothing like it yeah yeah so what you guys are getting ready to release the ep and then obviously after you release music usually that means you go on the road so a when are you hitting the road and b when are you coming to boston
0: <laughs> well, we do have some uh, some stuff in the works as far as um, making our way up to Massachusetts, uh, or at least the the northern
6: New England. New yeah England.
0: the the new the New England area. They're Sorry. still trying to figure. <laughs> out. Name, name, give a girl a nap. name. Name the six states in New
6: England. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no.
0: There's no states in New England.
6: Yep. Yes. yes oh. There's six of them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? The thing of old England. She's geographically challenged.
0: Yes. yeah Lord, People- if I did not. Have have gps on my phone i would never
4: get anywhere uh, People, it's hard for people to understand that the because the states are so small up here yeah. that you can go on tour just in new england for
0: like weeks well
6: i keep telling everyone down here how great the rock scene is up in uh new england so yeah, yeah no that's
0: uh, that's a real statement.
6: yeah so <clears throat> i don't know we we got our start there with stained and Everyone, you know, everyone was good to us, except for our hometown at first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was, but whatever.
4: Well, we had something very sad happen recently, and I'll and I'll end with this, John, because I know that you guys played there a bunch because I was there. Um, but the old building that was Sir Morgan's Cove, that was the Lucky Dog Music Hall, just got torn down last week. And it's Ouch. and it's gone. And rock fans. Because like even the Rolling Stones played this like unannounced club gig there, like way back in the day. And rock fans were going and taking bricks out of the rubble because they wanted a piece of that iconic old school rock venue. So that just. That was
6: the Infinity too. Huh? They did that with the Infinity too.
4: Yeah.
6: Uh, in Springfield. Yeah. yeah.
4: You just want to have that little bit of the place where you used to have a lot of really good time with your friends.
6: Oh yeah. We used to play there a ton.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you guys for coming on the show.
0: Thank you, yeah, Katie, Thanks for having for, us. Yeah. For
4: having it us. was so good to see you. Totally random that I bump into you in Nashville, and I'm so excited that things are going so well, and I'm glad that you guys are on the show, and I can't wait to hear the new stuff.
6: Okay, great. Well,
0: yeah, no, we, we can't sure wait to enjoy it. get it all out there. So the EP is coming out on uh, May 8th, and then as far as, like, tour dates and stuff, we have a couple of shows lined up that we're just kind of waiting to, to, to pull the trigger and announce, but uh, I think that, you know, people will be able to see more of us.
5: We'll be up in New Orleans around the fall. It'll
0: be <laughs> yeah. a fun
4: time. Yeah. And they can go to the website, and castle.com. And
0: yeah, there's- you can
6: find
3: everything on lydia's castle.com. All yep. of our socials, all of our tour dates, all of our music, anything, all of our videos, merch, whatever, yep. everything's there. Lydia's awesome.
4: Castle. All right, guys. Thank I gotta- you, I got yeah. a bunch of music news I got to get through and I got to announce who's on the podcast this week, so.
6: Cool.
2: We're, we're
4: very busy up here.
2: Oh, I, hey, that's good. Godspeed. And
4: I have to yeah, be full for Fernandez by the end of the night.
0: Yeah.
4: Cheers, Cheers, guys.
6: Cheers. All right, Carrie. We'll see you soon. All right,
4: I'll see you guys later. Keep in touch.
6: we Will yes, do. Awesome. All, All
4: right, well. we'll see you later. There they are, Lydia's Castle from episode 178 of my video show, Cocktails in the War Room, which you can stream live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on my Facebook page. You can also go and watch all the episodes on my YouTube channel. And for more details on Cocktails in the War Room, you can just click the links in the show notes of this podcast. It's also where you're going to find all the links to find Lydia's Castle as well. And if you're looking for their music, there's a corresponding playlist that's linked in the show notes, too. It's got their music. It's also got some of the artists that we talked about in this interview. And it's something that I do for every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast to make sure it's easy for you to find the music that we were talking about. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like and follow the Mistress Carrie podcast so you don't miss anything. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. This week, episode 96 featuring Jeff Keith from Tesla. You also get the sit reps every weekday, which is all your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. Plus, you never know when I'm going to release a bonus episode of the podcast. And of course, when we have a guest on Cocktails in the War Room, you get an after-action report. The Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the
1: Pantheon Podcast Network.